When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Here comes Lord Browns. Oh, Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milberton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. We're back after the international break, and joining us this week, we have a very special guest in Total Saints podcast host, Ben Stanfield. We will chat with him about the Wolves clash, get his thoughts and predictions for next Friday's visit of Leicester, and we're going to test his knowledge in the Matla quiz. We also have the usual news, including the Moscow Mushes International Roundup and the usual tomfoolery. Uh, actually, including Goal and Player of the Month for September. A little bit late, but sorry about that. Um, so make sure you stick around for the Extra Time segment for that one. But first, let me bring in the co-host, the Moscow Mish, Kevin Milberton. All right, Kev, how have you been? Um, yeah, oh, it's, been, it's been a long couple of weeks. Um, I've been fairly busy with work, but also been utilising that free time to watch all of the various internationals. So, with I've, all seen, the, so I've seen. <laughs> yeah, all well, the loyalties in the household means that there's quite a few matches uh, of uh, varying importance. But yeah, um, other than that, I, had, I came down with a, an awful stomach bug a few days ago that kept me... Uh, 
house down, shall we say. Um, and yeah, yesterday, uh, aside from watching the Saints match, um, I see that the Brexit debates have been moved for TV on a Saturday, so uh, yeah, tuned into that. Right. See what's going on there. How about you? Um, yeah, a busy, busy week. I mean, as you know, stuff that I've been, I've been, I don't really want to discuss that. I don't want to bore people with it, but yeah, busy day as well. Like this morning, I mentioned to you off of air care that I had a bit of a, my cat brought in a rat this morning. And uh, me and Gemma were chasing like it around, just trying to get like rid of it. Like a Tom Jerry cartoon. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was like something from a Carry On movie. It was, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, we spent about three and a half, four hours trying to get this rat. And it ran, it ran, and it was in our living room. We had to move the sofa out. We had pans trying to catch the thing. Um, it got underneath our stairs. We had to move all the shoes out and all the games for the kids. And then, yeah, we finally, I mean, it went into the wall as well. And we just thought, oh, we're going to have to leave it. And as we're sat down for lunch, we see it scurrying across the living room floor. So it's like, oh, so we need to get it again. Um, we did catch it in the end and got it out. But yeah. Um, that what your cats are supposed to be for? Yeah, both of the cats were just sat in the sun, just bathing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, just laughing at you. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, I brought it in, you get rid of it. But yeah. But yeah, it's all sorted now, but yeah. Uh, quite a stressful morning, and, it, and kind of like my preparation for this, sh- this show was a bit, a bit slow because of it, but it's all sorted now. Um, right, anyway, let's bring in Ben from Total Saints Podcast. Ben, how are you? Not too bad, really. I was just listening to your uh, endeavours there. I've got two children. It sounds rough, roughly the same, sort of chasing them around the house and trying to find them in various cubby holes and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, lo- lovely to be on and, uh, obviously, nice to have something moderately positive to talk about. That, that, that is true. That's very true. Yeah, it's good to actually watch a game and actually think, well, you know, we, we did all right. We got something out of this that it's not like, completely completely lost. But, but, yeah, thanks for coming. It's a, it's a pleasure for... Um, for both of us. Um, first thing I want to say, actually, do you enjoy the international break? Are you a fan of it? Um, I think as a Saints fan, these days, you tend to enjoy them because we're generally doing pretty poorly and it's like a, a couple of weeks without having to worry about all the stress and the strain and uh, I think for uh, for me, as I say, it's, um, you know, because I've got the kids these days, I the last couple of New Year's resolutions, I've, I've constantly told myself not to let the Saints results get in the way of being a dad and get me down too much and that sort of thing so actually I have to be honest Ray it's nice to uh, to sort of have a couple of weeks without doing it and, and the podcasting as well I mean you, you guys will know it does take a lot of uh, time and obviously we do it because we enjoy it but the editing the prep, uh, preparation for it, all those sort of things does mean that it's nice to have a, a couple of weeks off because I um, you know I don't tend to do them during the international break because people are you know Steve for example that's on the pod travels and follows England a lot so he's generally not around anyway but uh, yeah I mean it's uh, you know, back to reality, isn't it? And obviously a long run to Christmas now. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on like the editing side of it. I mean, I do love doing the podcast, but when there's an international break, I do think, yes, no more recording this way. I think it's only, <laughs> I think it's only Matt Markstone that records, you know, throughout yeah. the season. So he's, he's a very committed man, Matt, he Matt is, isn't he? he is, so, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. True. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, so ITN news. Um, I'm going to start off with the departure of Director of Football Operations, Ross Wilson. Um, the club quite relaxed about the situation. They're saying it's the ideal time to change, restructure, and an opportunity to return to bigger and better times. Uh, ben, do you see it like that, or do you feel it's one step forward, two steps back? 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's obviously been at the club for not that long. I mean, we're talking what handful of years, aren't we? And during that time, I think some of the transfers have been hits. The majority have been misses, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's all been down to to Ross Wilson. I think um, a lot of it, obviously, he's been part of the Les Reed era, which I think has um, notoriously been quite poor in terms of signings. But from from what I know, and, and again, you know, not sort of saying that anyone in particular has told me this, I think they were not necessarily against trying to replace him in that role. And I think the opportunity came along where Rangers were obviously going to um, go for him, move him on, and, uh, and and probably give them a chance now to find the right person to come in and uh, take on the role that they want over the next few years. I, I guess all of us are slightly um, wary about whether they will just go with a, a typical Saints cheap way approach of promoting someone internally or whether they will actually go out and find someone, um, you know, Paul Mitchell will undoubtedly be linked, um, you know, I'm sure he's been linked numerous times already, I think, you know, my view would be, I'm not sure that that's the right way to go, you know, we've been there, we've done that, so it probably does need someone that's got some fresh ideas, but as I say, I think the, the way that the club have portrayed it and the way that it's been sold to us as fans is that this was a good move for everyone, Ross Wilson's obviously Scottish, you know, he's, he's worked up here, I say up here, of course I live in Scotland, so he's worked yeah. up here for many years and, uh, you know, before he went down to Huddersfield and Watford and places like that, so... Only time will tell, won't it? I think um, it'll be interesting to see what route they take now, who's making the decisions on that, whether it's Gao, whether it's Martin Simmons, etc. But it does leave a bit of a void that's going to need to be replaced. Um, well, I mean, he is just the last of the old guard, really. So, I mean, mm. um, Gao's come in and now we've got a completely new board and, and he was just, just the last one, as you say, from, from that Les Reed era. So, yeah, it should give us a, a clean break. But I, yeah, I have no idea who we're going to get in um, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm doubtful that it is going to be Mitchell coming in. But yeah, do, do you think it's going to be a, a quick? Do you think it's going to be a quick appointment, or do you think it's going to be drawn out for a while? Um, I don't know. I mean, we never do know, do we? I mean, um, when Hasenhutl said that the replacement for Danny Roll uh, that, that they, they were going to rush, the club played that down a lot as well, didn't yeah. they? This is my only concern with it. They seem to play it down, but then they did. Um, employ someone fairly, fairly quickly, quicker than I yeah, thought they were going quick. to. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's the same situation here. I mean, I guess as the club, they have to play situations down like that for us. We should definitely get someone in before the January transfer window. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's, that's important, yeah. I think that's the thing I'd, I'd add is, you know, football clubs, there's always two sides to a story. Um, you know, you think of when Nicola Cortese left, all we ever heard was his view on why he left and things like that you know I'm sure there would have been confidentiality clauses that meant the football club couldn't say anything about that situation I'm sure it would be the same for whatever we, reasons with Danny Ra, Ross Wilson you know none of us know what goes on behind the scenes and whether Hazen Hutal liked Ray, Ross Wilson whether he didn't like him etc etc so I'm sure one day someone will write a book on it but as you say at the moment a lot of it is you have to just go with back in the club it's, yep. it's happened you know we just need to move forward and see what happens and one door closes another opens doesn't it? Absolutely yeah that's a good note to end that segment on. Um, yeah, no, no real other news um, apart from Musa Gineppo being given Premier League Goal of the Month. Uh, whether he gets our ITN Goal of the Month uh, Golden <laughs> Trophy, you'll have to wait until the end of podcasts. I'm uh, sure that's the one he's waiting for, Kev. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the important thing. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just back there rocking, waiting for us. Yeah. Um, before, before you jump into your international thing, I just want to ask Ben if he's heard oh. any um, injury news on Gineppo 
his hip muscle injury. You know, in his, his can't shoot though. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, it's because um, obviously he, was, he came in at the start of the season, then he was injured very briefly, wasn't he? I think uh, I forget where it was. Was it Fulham away or somewhere like that? I can't remember. Yeah, but he, he was then out. He was then out. He was then out for a week or two, wasn't he? And then came back. Uh, and Hartenhutel's obviously made the point of saying that maybe they rushed him back. But again, it's interesting that. You know, if this is a signing that we've obviously relied so much on, who's won us a couple of games already, of course, at Brighton and Sheffield United, and suddenly we're we're without him, and yeah, it's all it's all a bit you know concerning. And that do we know if he'll be back for Leicester? Do we know if he'll be back for Christmas? No one really seems to know again. So it is slightly alarming, but I guess you know you have to work on the proviso that. Hasenhutl is quite honest in his press um, conferences. I think I saw the other day, what was it, Adam Blackmore said that he'd said something like, you know, grass doesn't grow quicker if you try and pull it up out of the ground. You have to let it just grow. So, um, typical Ralph analogy. But I think, you know, they're obviously taking their time with him. And a bit like Danny Ings, I suppose. You know, last year they didn't rush him back. They made sure that he was fully fit before he came back in, however desperate our situation was. So, no, I don't know more than you guys, to be honest. But I think the sooner we can get him back, the better. Yeah, definitely. Definitely could do with him, yeah. Okay, so the international roundup. Uh, Japan captain Mayoshida, he scored the second goal. Uh, it was a nice uh, little post header in the 29th minute in their 6 0 demolition of Mongolia. I was unaware for, of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely smashed them. Um, and then, yeah, another clean sheet on their trip to Dushanbe, which is uh, in Tajikistan. Uh, yeah, Samurai Blue bashed in three there to stay top of Group F and yeah they've let, yet to concede a goal in the qualifiers wow so yeah keeping up you know, maybe try it a bit more for Saints try it um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jan Bednarek played the, the whole of Poland's 3-0 away win over Latvia 11 Dotsky hat-trick getting them over the line there and he also played the whole 90 minutes of uh, their 2-0 win over Macedonia uh, Stuart Armstrong he couldn't get to top Scotland getting absolutely dicked by Russia at Luzhniki. Yeah, you like that? You enjoyed that one, Kev? I, I just remember really Ben lives in Scotland, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not Scottish, so I enjoyed it just as much. <laughs> no, um, the day before the match, I was walking to work and I just saw um, a section of the Tartan Army walking down the, down the street. Um, it wasn't particularly in the centre, but yeah, they were all in their kilt and uh, with all the tartan hats and everything. Oh yeah, you told me about it. It gave me yeah. thumbs up as they went past. But yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Scotland are playing tomorrow. Um, but yeah, three uh, 0 down. Uh, yeah, Armstrong was really well rehearsed. Eighty second minute introduction from the bench <laughs> uh, didn't help them uh, as it usually doesn't. Uh, and yeah. You watched the Titan Army concede another and was left out against uh, San Marino where they, they did actually win, didn't they? They did win that one, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Hoiberg, he came on in Denmark's home European qualifier against Switzerland when it was 0-0 and yeah, helped him to, uh, towards a 1-0 win. That leaves them tied with Ireland at the top of Group D and guaranteed at least a playoff spot. And so yeah, the Danes then celebrated with a 4-0 win over Luxembourg in a friendly. Uh, Sofian Bufal, he was left out of Morocco's home friendlies against Libya. Uh, that was a 1-1 draw. And a Lamina free Gabon uh, did beat Morocco 3-2. Mm. 
It might be on to something there. Uh, Kevin Danso captained Austria's under-21s to a resounding 3-0 home victory over Turkey before falling to a 5-1 defeat at the hands of England. So, nice one, young Lions. <laughs> and finally, Michael Abafemi, he came on for Ireland under-21s in a raucous uh, home Euro 2021 qualifier against Italy. Um, in the 68th minute and at that point both teams were down to 10 men there was a bit of fisticuffs in that match and yeah Ober one uh, got his first start in Reykjavik uh, but he was subbed off in the 75th minute with Ireland down 1-0 courtesy of a first half penalty and that was enough for Iceland to take the win um, interestingly in that match uh, Southampton under 23 defender Cameron Ledwich also got his first cap Oh, again, I was unaware of this. Yeah, well, I wasn't either, but uh, yeah, there you go. So um, I do still stay, stay top of Group A. And that's international rugby. Great, thank you, Kev. We got it in the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Letizier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. OK, so on to yesterday's game at Molyneux. Uh, Wolves away, yeah, 1-1 goal from Danny Ings and the equaliser from Jimenez from the penalty spot. So, you know, the run of three straight Premier League defeats comes to an end. It's a good point. VAR prominent in the game, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, I'm just going to run through the starting 11 quickly. Um, Gunn keeps his place despite heavy criticism. Uh, three at the back of Vestergaard, Yoshida and Bednarek. Valerie, Bertrand, Hoiberg, Romeu. Uh, James Ward-Prowse, Redmond just behind Danny Ings. Ben, were, were you happy with that 11? Was there, were there any surprises? You. Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I, um, I did a bit of uh, writing for the local Birmingham paper last week, the Express and Star, and I uh, predicted a very different team based on the fact that I was well aware of how frustrated Hasenhutl was after the Chelsea game, uh, and it almost made it sound like he was going to sort of ring the changes and give three or four others a, a bit of a run out. Um, so yeah, I was surprised when I saw the team because you kind of thought, oh, here we go, same same team, same old story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but look, I mean, obviously we'll talk about some of the the moments in the game. Um, but they seem to sort of gel fairly well and, and put in a performance. Um, I think the only position that I probably would have changed, and as you said, there, Ray's been under a bit of criticism, is that for me, Alex McCarthy would have warranted a start probably in goal. Um, but but then again, Gunn didn't necessarily do anything wrong yesterday, so. Hasenhutl's probably back to up in the, the decision that he's made there, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because we are, you know, we d- we do have quite a small squad. You know, there's been a lot of chat the last six, eight, you know, six to twelve months around how many players we have on our senior squad, but he only ever seems to be picking the same sort of yeah. 16, 18 players, eighteen players. So for me, you know, we are sort of using the same group of players, but we're not necessarily sticking with the same team every single week. So hopefully now there might be some consist- uh, consistency at the back. You know, we do still look very shaky defensively but in terms of the lineup itself I was surprised because I thought he would probably ring a few more changes but I guess with players like Gineppo and Cedric still out it does limit what he's got to work with yeah Kev do you echo that I mean Vestergaard was was back in the team um would you have started yeah. would you have started Vestergaard would you have maybe given Dan though a go how do you say I don't know I mean he does seem to like um giving players a lot of chances doesn't he um, I do like Vestergaard, um, but yeah, we all know that he can have a very bad game when he does have a bad game. Um, but yeah, with Dan, it was good yesterday. I thought. Oh, uh, I'm I'm not sure. No. <laughs> um, well, no. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, I still get a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm, I've always been like that with Vestergaard. But I don't think he was terrible. 
Uh, no, no, it definitely wasn't one of his blinders. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I always feel a bit more um, confident and a little less uneasy when we do have three at the back, because um, there, there isn't a, a back two that I think that you could play week in week out and uh, have some have some faith in. So Vestergaard is part of the three with Yoshi and Bednarek. Yeah, that could work. But yeah, I'm a bit confused as if Danso's fit why he's on the bench. Doesn't seem to want to test him at all. Well, the only times he's tested him is when he's been covering it um, at left back, and I don't think he can play that. I think that's clear that he can't. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm just. It would have been nice to see him start at the back. Um, I was expecting him to, if I'm honest. But, you know. but even then, he ended up at. Didn't he end up at right back by the time he came on? And again, you know, yeah. that's not a position he's played. So I don't that's really know. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know what we're doing with the guy, to be honest. In terms of. Ralph's obviously brought him in. You know, he's, he's a young lad trying to make his way in the Premier League. He's got what three or four games under his belt, and we've so far we've not even played him in his yeah, natural mi- position. Mi- you know, so him, yeah. exactly. So I mean, you know, yes, he's plugging a gap, but I just don't understand what we're doing with him really because it does it does seem strange that we're just chucking him here, there, and everywhere apart from where he should be playing. Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is my point of like, well, he's fit. We've got a, you know, we've got the three at the back. Why not give him a give him a run? Mm-hmm. But, Agreed. You know, who knows? Um, okay, do you want to um go into the game then? Um, Kev, do you want to make a start on the game? We didn't really start particularly well, I don't think. It's, um, quite, it's quite different to what we normally... I mean, we normally start pretty pretty good. And the, the press is always, you know, evident straight away. But, yeah. Um, they, they had a few shots of, um, yeah, M- 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 Martinho and Catroni uh, there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, other than that ink shot in the first sort of 20 minutes, we didn't... Mm, had much to offer. Um, then uh, Bennett came off injured, and uh, Vallejo came on. Yeah, well done. Yeah, they didn't seem as solid at the back, and we managed to press them and take advantage of that for the first half. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing really to show for it at all. No, and then the the big incident, um, Ben. I want your which opinion. one? Right, <laughs> the, fir- the first one. Um, the the 28 minutes. The the handball. The disallowed goal. Um, VAR. I saw your tweet this morning, Ben. Um, mm. I completely agree with what you said on that. Um, what you said about the officials being in it. Um, everything with human interaction is largely a farce. So basically what you said is like, like offside decisions are as clear as they can be, but whenever the officials need to make a decision, you know, it's subjective and it still it continues to be an issue. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Said. So yeah, so, so my point, Ray, is that VAR itself is getting a lot of criticism from all of us. VAR doesn't work, it's rubbish, you know, blah, blah, blah. My point was, actually, VAR is working, as we saw for the second disallowed goal yesterday, when the linesman didn't give offside, but technology quite rightly said that he is just offside. My point is that VAR is not working when humans are interacting with it. So as soon as as someone is sat in Stocky Park, Park looking at the screen, that is when VAR is not working, because that person is either not wanting to undermine the referee's on-pitch decision, or no one is 100% in agreement on what clear and obvious is. So, you know, prime example yesterday, and we'll get on to it. I mean, the more I see it, the more that I don't think Wolves was a penalty. You know, he's kicked the back of Hoiberg's leg and then he's gone down. And yes, we'll come to it. Kevin De Bruyne did exactly the same thing in, in the game later on in the day. The referee did not give a penalty, therefore VAR did not overturn it because, of course, they weren't a, a clear and obvious um, uh, 
yeah. example. But the fact is, you've got two situations there, exactly the same. They've both gone to VAR, and between them, they've made two different decisions. One penalty has remained, and one penalty hasn't been given. And that is my issue with VAR and inverted commas, is that, unfortunately, our, our, our officials for the last couple of seasons just haven't been good enough. And now we've chucked technology in front of them to try and help them, and all it seems to be doing is making them look even worse. That's, that's I mean, it's not the video that's the referee. I mean, the technology's there, but it's still controlled by humans, and you can't... I mean, it does solve um, offsides there and then. If it's clear and uh, obvious, yeah. Clear, and clear and clear to be fair to the linesman, the first goal that was disallowed, he put his flag up to say it, it's handball. So that it went to VAR, and they were like, not, it's not a clear and obvious error. If he thinks he's handballed it, that's fine. So to be fair, that was one that went to VAR, but at least the official had actually made a decision by flagging to say... Absolutely, yeah. And the second one, the, 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 Jimenez, the Jimenez offside, the flag did not go up, I believe. Correct, correct, yeah. So, so for me, that's where VAR does work, because the linesman didn't give it, therefore it's gone back, and VAR has got its rulers out, and it's gone, look, he's one inch offside or whatever he was, but it's offside. And there was a lot of chat after the game, as there always was, you know, VAR controversy and all that sort of thing, save Southampton or Wolves, you know, Wolves um, don't get the rub of VAR. He's offside. Yeah. Long and short, he's offside. It's so clear. so clear. for me, both those decisions, both those dis- disallowed goals, 100% correct, Absolutely. for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. I completely, I completely see that. Yeah, it's not going to take the subjectivity out of the game line. It's impossible. True, and I, and I think, but that, but that's possibly the beauty of it, isn't it? It's going to give all of us something to chat about. But I think that the the fact is, Kev, you know, the criticism needs to be on our officials who are not good enough, um, and PGMOL and people like that are not doing enough to get better officials into the Premier League. So it doesn't matter if they're running around on the pitch with a whistle or if they're sat in a studio in Stockley Park. For me. I mean, I would probably say, other than Michael Oliver, I don't think there's one decent Premier League who, referee who's consistently good. Um, and even he has his moments, but you know, he's only human at the end of the day. But I think, as I say, that is the beauty of it, is that VAR itself does work. We need to get better at how we are using it as humans. And, um, and to go further onto that, like goal line technology, um, it's not being made, I mean, it's clear, isn't it? It's not being made by a human. It's, it's a, a sensor, in effect, that comes on his watch. Clear and obvious. We don't have to make that decision. It's done. Exactly, and that was the other thing I tweeted just to mm. sort of back up, as you say, was, you know, goal line technology has worked ever since it came, you know, a bit like uh, Hawkeye and cricket, because up until the fact that the referees watch vibrates or flashes or whatever it does to tell them it's a goal, there is no human involvement. So you think of the Tammy Abraham goal the other day against Saints, it just yeah. crossed the line, but it crossed the line, no qualms with that. Yeah. Technology has gone to the referee to say it's over the line. It is only at that point that the referee gets involved and all he has to do is ward a goal. So it's very minimal human interaction. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so... Those two decisions, yeah, like like we said, we've touched on it. The handball, VR was right to disallow it, and Jimenez clearly offside. Fine, no problems. Um, Danny Ings, open the scoring. Connor Cody, um, <laughs> it's just funny, Kev, because we had um, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't <coughs> it? Um, Dave has a party from Talking Wolves, and we were talking about which Wolves player we'd like to have in our team. And we both said Connor Cody. <laughs> oh, yeah, he really <laughs> showed his thing there, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he showed his some qualities there. But, yeah, um, poor, poor defensive display. I mean, the, the, I can't remember which Wolves player it was who, who hoofed the ball out. That was the same for Lecker, wasn't it? Uh, I was just going to say, it was one that Kevin pronounced so well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you stepped in there, Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he sighed the ball out. And, uh, we've got a head onto it, and it's gone straight to Cody. I don't know what he was doing. He stepped forward. I, I have no idea. But Danny Ings, you know, he's, he's always there. Um, 
and bangs it in. So that's four games in a row. It's the first time in his career he's done that. That was, that was a bit of a surprise. I didn't realise. Yeah, he doesn't have much to feed on, but um, he's just been <laughs> banging them in consistently. Right, OK. So, Ben, the Hoiberg challenge. Yeah, I've put my cards on the table already, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, look, I've seen some Saints fans say they think it was a penalty. Fair enough, you know. I, I mean, I, I try not to be blinkered and biased by, you know, when I sort of give my views on these things. I mean, for me, for example, Bournemouth should have had a penalty in the second half at St Mary's when it wasn't given via VAR when Cedric brought King down. So I do sort of try to be open and, and honest and transparent and look at it from both sides of the fence. But for me, as I said, he's done exactly the same as Kevin De Bruyne did, that he, he knows there's Saints players around him. He's got to a position where, and probably the frustration for me as a Saints fan is we've let him run that far with the ball, you know, 10, 15 yards into the box. But for me, he's kicked the back of Hoiberg's leg and then he's fallen over and the referee's obviously bought it. VAR, as I say, has not seen it as a clear and obvious mistake. But for me, and you know, I agree with us, well, Martin Keown was criticising it, Charlie Nicholas was criticising it. I don't think it's a penalty and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised to see a few Saints fans saying they thought it was, but it was the wrong decision in my view and you know, I thought Saints were unlucky with that one. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I thought on first look that it was, um, but then when I've seen it again I thought no, it, that, it's very, very soft, but then you, you do see those given anyway. And I'd like, I mean I've heard, after seeing it multiple times I thought no way, he's, he's felt that, he's, and I hate it when pundits yeah. always stand up and say always. Oh, you know, he's got the right to go down in that situation if he's felt the really? contact. I hate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it was... I want to say it's Phil Neville that was on Match of the Day. I think it was that agreed it was a penalty. Mm. Um, but, as I say, after seeing it again, I do not think it was a penalty. Well, I mean, there are a lot of legs going in there. Um, you see you guys stand and, yeah, uh, Hoiberg gets them. But, I, yeah, I, I think you must understand that if he does fall down at that point, then... Pretty much certainly. Chances are, be given exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. But um, what, did you think it was a penalty, Kevin? I, I, I didn't. And um, when I was watching it back uh, with the missus, she was like, "What? Well, that's not a penalty, fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't think it was a penalty. I, but I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming, and I thought, okay, you know, there's enough legs in there that he's going to trip over. The, but he, yeah, he didn't. So. Yeah. No penalty. Yeah, I thought we were hard done, bro. Yeah, true. Um, and then I think the only real chance of, that we had after that was the James Ward-Prowse um, three-kick effort. Beautiful. Yeah, very good save. Um, ben, I, um, I don't want to sound really, really negative after a good point, but what are your, what are your feelings towards James Ward-Prowse this season? <laughs> what is James Ward-Prowse? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, look, he, he kicked on really well second half of last season, didn't he? And he was he was undoubtedly in the running for for sort of player of the season just because of that that run he had. But for whatever reason, um, you know, he hasn't delivered this year. Um, and I and I think again, he is someone that I would see as being under pressure for his spot. You have got players waiting in the wings like uh, Stuart Armstrong that will want to come in and, and have a point. Buffel will obviously be wanting to get into the side, potentially can play similar position. Gineppo will be back soon as well. So I think there will become more and more pressure. You know, for me, we can't just have someone on the, the pitch to take set pieces, to take corners and to take free kicks. You know, they need to be offering more. But, I mean, I mean again, he's someone that's played, what, I mean, what's he played now? 250 games for Saints, something yeah. like that. You know, we always sort of think, oh, this is his moment. He's going to kick on. This is it. He's going to get back in the England squad. And at the end of last season, we kind of felt that. But, for whatever reason, he's just not got going this season. And, and as I say, I don't really. And I, I, you know, I, again, I try to be fair to all players and not throw my toys out the pram. But I just, at the moment, I do not see what he's offering that team. 
Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think Hoiberg's having a bit of a bad run at the moment as well. I don't think he had a great yeah. game yesterday. I think the only only like central midfielder that is, is having a good one is, is Romeo. And yesterday, I don't think he was at his best. Um, but for me, I, I just, yeah, I think James Ward-Prowse could do with a little bit of a rest, bringing somebody else in. And I, I'd love to do Armstrong. I'd love to see him get a start again. James Ward-Prowse has been shifted um, all over the pitch. I mean, just like a lot of other players. I mean, I, I can't how many positions he's played. Um, centre mid, holding midfield. He's played, he's played, played right wing, wing back, back as well, yeah. yeah so, um, uh, c- can they find a position for him and keep him in that same place every week? But for me, it just seems like they're trying to fit him into a, a system rather than finding a system that fits him. It's just, and it's not going to work like that. Um, but yeah, I think you could do with with having a, a you know a week or two on the sidelines. But hey, um, sorry, we finished one one. As a good point, big point, um, the stats, like we had 44% possession, but 14 attempts to their four um, and five on target for their one. That was, a, that was a bit surprising, really, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I suppose a lot of those um, nine off-target shots are going to be Redmond. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's, that's incredible, really, isn't it? As we, it didn't look that on, on the day. I think that's the good thing, though, isn't it? We, I mean, we are creating chances. I, I still think we look very one-dimensional up front. I mean, you said there, Kev, about Danny Ings scoring five goals. I mean, that's almost worth 25 goals in this team because they just do not create that many chances. But mm. I think that, that's, that's the one thing. And, you know, for me, if we can get defence, I mean, it may take until January, it may take until next summer to actually get some decent defenders in. And, you know, you don't obviously touch wood. You hope you still be in the Premier League by then, but you don't know. But if we can get the fence shored up and get a couple of decent defenders in, then the momentum will go throughout the team and you will hold on to games like that to win 1-0. And, I mean, our away form's been fine. Um, it was that seven points out of 15, I think, two wins and a draw out of five games on the road. We're doing fine on the road, but it's, it's some areas that we need to sort out. But... I think it's just, you know, as you guys said there, for me it epitomises that I think there's too many players across that team that are just not clicking and that just don't seem to be having a good season and that's why we are fourth and bottom. So with that, do you think that was a fair result yesterday? Yeah, I, th- I mean, it's you know, I, I predicted us to get stuffed after them winning at City and us being really... Uh, I mean, I, I predict us to get stuffed most, most weeks, as, you, as your <laughs> listeners will probably know if they listen as well, but... Um, you know, I, I think all of us would have taken a point at Molyneux before. I mean, they just beat Man City away. We've obviously been struggling, as you said earlier, lost three in a row. So I think it's a good point. And having had a couple of weeks to work on things on the training ground, at least they've come away with something that hopefully will give them a bit more confidence heading into a, a tough uh, couple of games now against Leicester and City. Yeah. Um, a man of the match for you? For me? Yeah. Um, I, I would probably go with Ings for his goal. I thought, you know, he worked hard again, as he always does. He makes some great runs up the channels, which don't always get noticed. But... You know, it wasn't a great, fantastic Saints performance, so it's hard to pick anyone out. I mean, you're talking seven out of ten is probably at best anyway. But for his mm. goal and his all-round play, Ray, I'd probably go with him. Uh, and you, Kev? Um, my man of the match. Yes. VAR, of course. <laughs> hey. There you go. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a, a toss-up for me between. I mean, we just uh, talked up uh, Ings there. Uh, yeah, I, he's just our, our saviour at the moment. He's, he's feeding off for nothing and still creating him incredible chances. But um, I do think a shout out does or should go to Jan Valery because um, mm. yeah, with uh, Cedric out, I mean yeah, he didn't look the best, and uh, and against against Chelsea, uh, yeah, 
I didn't rate him at all, but I, I thought he was very good, very good yesterday. Um, and I was nervous about him on on the right there up against uh, Johnny, who caused us a lot of problems last season. Um, but no, he, he managed to deal with it, and um, yeah, he was getting 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 forward and uh, getting getting balls into the box. So yeah, I just hope, hope he uh, carries on and improves. Um, sorry, I've talked myself into it. I'm going to give it to Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with Danny Ings. I just think his link-up play was was good. Um, he poaches on the mistakes, doesn't he? Um, he does. He does do a great job, like um, Ben said. He does do a great job running in between um, defenders, especially yesterday. Uh, the Wolves had a back three as well, didn't they? So yeah, running in between them, I thought he was good. Um, and of course, the goal. So yeah, for me, Danny Ings. That's a fair result, and the point does uh, keep the Wolves from the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, seventeenth, seventeenth in the league, eight points, just two goals better off than Newcastle. Um, with some, as Ben says, some important games coming up. Um, and on to that one. So Leicester, next Friday night um, home game. Good start for Leicester. Um, lots of people actually have added that Leicester to their top picks this season. I wasn't one of them though, but um, they've done some good business. Uh, Perez, Tillemans, main deals. Harry Maguire out, but you know, still in a very healthy position in terms of the, the position and financially. Um, Yes, they started very well. Five wins now from nine, two draws, two losses. Third in the league, Vardy spanging them in. Six goals in all competitions. And I mean, let's face it, they were unlucky not to get anything against against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, um, and perhaps a little bit fortunate against Burnley yesterday with that VAR decision on Johnny Evans. But yes, yeah, so Ben, where do you where do you see this game next week? Well, I was fairly confident before uh, all of that, really. But uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, no, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't feeling overly confident. Um, I think they're a good side, aren't they? And he's got them playing well. I think they are a good counter-attacking side, particularly away from home. So it'll be interesting to see whether Saints sort of sit back and frustrate and let them have the ball a bit further up the pitch or whether we decide, right, we're going to turn this St Mary's voodoo around and attack them. But I think that will leave us a little bit uh, vulnerable uh, at the back. But, yeah, I mean, they, they've brought some good players in. Um, as you said, Tillman's Perez loves a goal against us, doesn't he? He scored that hat-trick yeah, at the end of last season. Did, yeah. but, uh, um, but I do I do think, you know, I don't think that they're great defensively. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of centre-backs, I think Johnny Evans and... Uh, Kev, I'll have to pronounce the foreign guy's name that plays against him, but uh, you know, I don't think they are great back there. But you know, they're having a good season, and I think, as you say, I mean, I, I actually, when I, I did a piece um, at the start of the season, sort of saw them as the team that I felt could break into the top six this season. Of course, you know, early days at the moment, but uh, it does look like they are probably the closest challenge to any of the big boys getting into the top six. But there is a long way to go. And Kev, are you going to have a stab at that Turkish centre back? Hey, <laughs> weather. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kev, where do you where do you see this this game? Um, yeah, I'm not massively confident about this one either. <laughs> um, yeah, Leicester are, are a machine, uh, kind of like a mini Liverpool that can just um, turn well, it around. It is Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we we will know how that ended, but um, mm. yeah, no, yeah, not massively confident um, against Jamie Vardy, our defence. However many men we put there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that counter-attack, isn't it? And that speed that Vardy's got is... We, we are going to have to play a flat-back five, I think. I don't, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think we're just going to be sliced open. Um, and St. St. Mary's, again, we still haven't found home form. I don't know how many seasons we've been talking about it, but... 
uh, maybe one day it will come and we'll be good at home. Um, yeah, we're, already, we're, we're, already, we're already bottom of the form table for home form this season, aren't we, at the whole Premier League, so that oh, tells the story. Yeah. 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 Okay, so who's going to get us started with predictions? 2-1. Saints? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, no, I've got that written down as well, Kevin. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to get even a point against them. I think it's going to be a two-one. Well, because you've said two-one, I'm going to be, I'm going to go three-one then, just to be a okay. little bit different and try and you know gain some ground on you in our predictions league. <laughs> so yeah, I will go three-one Leicester. All right, is Ben going to out pessimist you? <laughs> no, no. I, genuinely, I had two-one as well, and that's what I'll be predicting in my podcast this week. But bearing in mind you've gone three-one, Kev's got two-one. I'll go for two-nil Leicester then. Hey, okay, nice. <laughs> Okay, on to the ITN quiz, or map the quiz as it is. Um, ben, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, pretty nervous actually, Ray. I've, uh, <laughs> as I say, I've followed Saints 30 years now. I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to make a fool of myself and look like I don't remember anything about anything that's ever happened. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to be the case. <laughs> um, Kevin, how are, we, how are we playing this? Do you want to go... I will be asking you this every week. Do you want me to go odds and you go evens? Uh, toss a coin, then. Uh, you go evens. That's how we normally start, isn't it? Yeah, you normally right. do, you normally do the um the club, the player club link thing. Okay. So I'll, I'll I'll go first then. Okay. Question number one: In the 1993-94 season, what shirt number did Francis Benali wear? Was it three, eleven, fifteen? Oh, that's a hard question. I think it was fifteen. It wasn't. It was 11 in that season. It was 15 wow. from thereafter. There you go. That was the hardest one. <laughs> oh, that's all right then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, uh, nice easy one for you. Uh, sorry, yeah. Who took over from Alan Pardew as manager in 2010? Nigel Atkins. Well done. Yeah. Go for it. Um, okay, question three. Last season, Mohamed Elianusi joined from which club? That was Basel in Switzerland. Well done. Two points. Good. Um, okay, so yeah, I name the clubs, you name the player. I feel free to butt in at any point because this is going to go on for quite a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> Spurs, Queen's Park Rangers, Pompey, Aston Villa, Norwich on loan, Saints, Liverpool. Peter Crouch. Okay. Pompey again. <laughs> Pompey again. Spurs, Stoke, Burnley. Burnley, yeah. And, and now podcast. Uh, now he's doing car and warehouse adverts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, of course, you won't see that, will you, Kev? <laughs> Switchery, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many is that now? That's three, isn't it? Easily losing count. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. So, who am I? So, I'm going to read out the first clue. If you think you know it, then it was worth three points, but if you want to wait for the second clue for two points, then, yeah, I would do that. Okay, right, um, who am I for three points? Born in Lancaster in 1978, a gifted swimmer, rated second in the country at the 100-metre freestyle, but favoured football after damaging the cartilage tissue in his shoulder. I have no idea. Okay. Clue two for two points. clue. Two points. He joined Blackburn Rovers as a trainee in 1995 and made his first team debut in October 1996. He made seven first team appearances before signing for Southampton in 1998, becoming their player of the year for 1998-99. How many points am I on at the moment, Ray? You are on three. Right, yeah. okay. Uh, I, right, I'm going to take a punt and I'm going to go with James Beattie. Well done! Hey. 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 
So yeah, he represented, represented Southampton over 200 games, netting 70 goals, and was given five England caps whilst playing for Saints. His fine form in 2002-2003 was a key component in reaching the FA Cup final in 2003. He left Saints for Everton in 2005 for six million. Went to play for Sheffield United, Stoke, Rangers, Accrington, Stanley, and is currently a first-team coach at Birmingham. I think he still yeah. is, isn't he? Uh, oh, no, I think he left with Gary Monk, didn't he? I'm not sure oh. if he's... Because uh, Gary Monk's obviously at Sheffield Wednesday now, but I may yeah. be wrong, but there we go. Oh, yeah. OK, but yeah. Well, well, I was well, sweaty palms after that. <laughs> so that was five points. Well done, that's really good. The Benali one was tricky. Yeah, that was a tricky one. I did say to you before we went on, didn't I care? I said, oh, that one's going to be a tough one. But yeah, that was just a wild guess for me. Mm. Okay. Um, well, you go first this time. Go on. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> ben, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Oh, easy decision. I'd never want to wear a Pompey shirt. So, the haunted house for ten years, totally. Okay. Hey, what if uh, we say the same thing that we said to our other guests and uh, um, the haunted house is haunted by ghosts of uh, former Pompey players and uh, that cock with the bell yeah to be fair Kev I wouldn't really know many of their ex-players anyway so I wouldn't even know if they were Pompey players or just genuine ghosts <laughs> I like yeah, I love that play up Pompey every night yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm still taking the horns out. house he's adamant Kev he's adamant <laughs> fair play um, alright second uh, silly question what uh, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lena Messi Oh, I think, I mean, I'm, what, six foot two anyway, so I do find that... Yeah, so am I. Other, other than the fact that you get rained on first, uh, it's quite <laughs> advantageous to sort of see over cues and things like that, you know, see how far you got to go. So I like being tall, so I'd probably want to be uh, double the size. Me too. There you go. Unlucky, Kev. <laughs> All right, yeah, good luck for finding a house that you can walk around. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, last one. I just—it's nothing to do with Saints. Um, I'm just interested. Um, I've asked a few guests lately. Um, Skulls or Gerard? Do you know what? I was always a massive fan of Paul Skulls. Uh, for me, I thought he was fantastic player, brilliant technique. Uh, obviously, as the years have gone on and we've all started disliking Liverpool even more, there's no way I'm going to say Stephen <laughs> Gerrard anyway. But, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I genuinely, out of the two of them, it's a bit like the Jam- Gerrard Lampard conversation, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Scholes, I just thought, was a brilliant player. He made that Manchester United uh, team tick. And, uh, yeah, for me, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Stephen Gerrard was an excellent player, but also let's look at the fact that Scholes was a winner. You know, how many Premier League titles did he get? So, not only was he a good player, but he's actually got some... Uh, Medals and gold, yeah, some gold to sort of back it up. So yeah, I'd go with skulls. Good one. That's four ones of skulls, Kev. Okay. Do, you, do you know who that Gerard one was? It wasn't me, was it? It was you. Yeah, <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> I was just my knee-jerk answer. It's um, yeah, it's because you were trying to piss me off. That's all. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's about it this week, Ben. Um, yeah, yeah I do have you. one last oh, okay. question though. Um, just, I mean, we we normally ask our uh, away fans about their favourite um, fan chants, but um, what's your favourite uh, terrorist chant of the last few seasons? Oh, um, other than Matt Letizia, Kev, Ricky Lambert was my Saints hero over the years, so I absolutely loved singing that he was six foot three and taking us to the Premier League and all those sort of things. So there's been some good chants during that time, but... Even now, talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of standing in the Northern singing the Ricky Lambert song. So, uh, yeah, probably least favourite 
but it's probably the Wanyama one because that's bordering on slightly sort of uh, <laughs> delicate issues in this day and age. But yeah, I think um, I think uh, yeah, the Ricky Lambert song um, for me, I just yeah, when, whenever we had a chance to belt that out, whether it's a Wembley or whether it was a way to Dagenham and Redbridge or whatever, it just you know it got everyone going. So I love that one. It hasn't quite been anything um, even. Just trying to light to it since I don't think. Oh come on, Kev, you're too much. What's that all, all chance that you come up with? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I mean, we don't get. We're, we're just never very, very creative, though, are we? It's always like da 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 Jay Rodriguez and da 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 Shane Long, and you know, it's just. I mean, I remember Tiff Nadell coming on our pod and he was going on about the fact that we've just got rubbish songs these days, and I have to agree with him. I mean, there's for the players that have got songs, there's not much creativity anymore, is there? No. No, I don't. Uh, my, my one that always made me laugh was the, the Jose Fonte one. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one was genius. Yeah. But, um, was that Human League originally, was it? That sang that, was it? Uh, I yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh, I should word on that one. I think it was Don't um, You Want Baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah it was Human League, yeah. Was um, yeah, anyway, Ben, thank you. It's been a, it has been a real pleasure. Um, the work that you guys do on Total Sense Podcast is just amazing. Um, I know... Kev, you, you listen every every episode on Absolutely, your yeah, don't I've you? been a <laughs> listener since the yeah the, the, the first season, so yeah, I really enjoy what you do. It's good for us. Um, and do you know I listened to your last one actually. I loved your chat about the NFL game at the, at the <laughs> stadium. Uh, how did you play? <laughs> no, it was, it was a bloke dressed as a barco throws one of his. Bloke dressed as barco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just don't. I, I mean, again, I'm sure there's lots of your listeners around the world that totally understand NFL, but it's just. I mean, I, I know baseball and I know a bit about ice hockey, but I've just never understood anything about NHL. Um, oh, sorry, NFL. But uh, yeah, I mean, just every so often a bloke in a barco ch- ch- chucks a duster on the floor and grabs everyone's. Attention, that's pretty much it, isn't it? <laughs> and it takes about five yeah. hours to play a one hour game. So. Three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the NFL, so it did, <laughs> did make me shy. I played, actually played that bit for my wife as well, and she was laughing because she hates the NFL. <laughs> oh, God, shares yeah. the same thing with you. And Kev's they there. move about five yards in about ten minutes, so it's much yeah. like Yannick Vestergaard. And then they all start <laughs> smacking each other around the head to say, like, well done and all that sort of thing when he's yeah. carried the ball like one yard. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Five and two, three, twenty-five, nine. <laughs> it's just reading the lottery numbers at the back. <laughs> but but no, it's been a, a pleasure, and obviously, um, yeah, I think all of us as a collective Saints podcasting group, it's uh, you know appreciate the hard work that goes in for all of us. So it's nice that uh, you've had me on, and yes, it's almost as nervous being this side of the uh, the hosting desk, really, Ray. So uh, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. Right, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, Ben. See you later on. Cheers. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, first off, we want to do the Golden Player of the Month for September, Kev. Do you have those results? Yes, uh, the results of the jury are in, mm. and this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, goal of the Month, I'll start with the, the lowest. Uh, Cedric's goal against Pompey got absolutely fuck-all votes out of the 200. Surprising because it wasn't in Sportsmouth, you know. Yeah, but I mean, there are better candidates. Uh, for instance, Redford's <laughs> goal against Pompey, uh, which got 8% of the vote. Ings' second goal against Pompey, which got 22% of the vote. And predictably, yeah, Gineppo uh, smashed it. And his goal, absolute screamer that it was. Uh, and heroic effort against Sheffield United with 7% of the vote. So... That golden trophy is in the post. So, yeah, I mean, goal of the month for the Premier League officially and the ITN goal of the month. What do you think is more important to him, do you think? Um, I think we'll have to get him on the show and find out. Mm, maybe. 
Okay. Right, point. Player of the month? Player of the month. Okay, so again, uh, in ascending order. Uh, Redmond with a 2% of the vote. Cedric with 9% of the vote. Ginepo with 29% of the vote. And the winner is, of course, Danny Ings with 60% of the vote. Very well deserved. Wow, wow, wow. Excellent. Well done, Danny. And he started, started October very well also. Yes. Um, and I think he's got almost every man of the match from us for each match <laughs> for the last God knows how long. So, yeah. Looks like October's on his way as well then. Yeah, more than likely. I, I don't see anyone else mm. that's deserving. Okay, so uh, predictions. Last week, Kev, do you know something amazing happened? It's never happened before, is it? I don't know. I think it has. Um, but me and you both got the, the Saints score spot on, so we both had a 1-1 Wolves, um, which meant scored five points each. So that now leaves the scores 20-15 to you. So, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very good. Good stuff. Um, Super 6. A little bit of Super 6 to catch up on with the international break and all that, but, you know, we've had um, League 1 games and League 2 games on, on the cards. So um, we had round 13. The weekly winner was Neil Parsons with 13 points. I was second, by the way, um, awesome. if you're interested, with, with 11 points. Um, but that left Stuart White with the overall lead of, on 128 points. Uh, round 14, the weekly winner was Colin Carter with 15 points. And yesterday's round 15, the winner was Paul Carpenter with 12 points. So that means the overall leader, as it stands, is Stuart White on 135. Oh. So yeah, nice. Well done, Stuart. Well done, mate. I am climbing up the table after my poor start. I am getting there. Mm. Um, can the same be said no. for fantasy <laughs> football? I, I, uh, will, I will say, I'm holding my hands up now. I completely forgot to do my team. So I don't know how many points I scored, but I don't want to look, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm using that now. Right. I mean, you've got no excuse because uh, I didn't actually make any changes to my team. I completely forgot about it. And I still had Timo Pukki as captain. Mm. But still, so far, I've managed to score more than twice as much as you, mate. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we'll take a first look at our uh, Southampton FC Podcasters League, uh, since we've had Ben on. Uh, John Bailey, as ever, his Deportivo handlebar is at the top with 534. Um, he's also predictably top of our uh, in that number league. Uh, my round from Romeo moves up to second place uh, with 452. So it's quite tight in that mid. Me, me, you, sorry, me, Matt Marston and Ben uh, within like three points of each other. So that might change by the time of the week's out. I'm the strongest one in this group. Am I just like holding everybody up? Uh, uh, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, Freddie's doing a lot worse than you though so oh okay uh, sorry Fred <laughs> um, and for our um, in that number league uh, as I yeah, said uh, John Bailey's got it all wrapped up hasn't he but um, our weekly winner so far is uh, Courtney Louise White with uh, 61 points wow. for her SFC love um, yeah and that's despite being bottom of our league with 314. So, um, oh, well done. Yeah, carry on like that, and um, I'm sure you'll be climbing up. 
Um, another shout out for a mover of the week, uh, Dan Hargraves, uh, his TSB FC. Uh, they're back in the top 10 with 41 points. Uh, and that puts him on a total of 467. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Um, where am I this week to end the show? In the living room. I'm not, actually. Hmm? No, I'm not in the living room. So you lose. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, Russian friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, location. Are you ready for this one? Okay. Uh, nor- uh, northwest. Northwest. Okay. Uh, oh God, there's, that's like there's so many teams, aren't there? Bolton Wanderers. No. Uh, this okay. might give it away. Population: four hundred and fifty thousand. Um, 450,000. Manchester's a lot bigger than that, but the city of Manchester's um, got a relatively small population. Uh, I could be either of the Liverpool teams, couldn't it? Liverpool? It's not. <laughs> ah, okay. um, stadium capacity, 39,000. 39,000? It's Everton. It is it? Everton. Well yeah. done. Nice mm. one. You got Russian phrase for me this week? I do. So, um, I think it's very appropriate to, uh, get after the game that we've had today, um, the phrase this time is Video Pachtor. Video Pachtor. Video Pachtor. And that's uh, VAR in Russian. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Video Pachtor. Video Pachtor. Pachtor. Oh, okay. There you go. So, yeah, if you, if you um, want to shout that on the stands uh, next time when my players get uh, hacked down <laughs> excellent um, ok so next week we are joined by Alan Gunn of St Mary's Musings and Manchester City writer, blogger and host of Blue Moon podcast David Mooney to discuss and preview our double game week at the Etihad um, with ties in the cup and the league I wonder if they're even bother coming home I'm just going the lash yeah <laughs> But yeah, so look forward to that one next week. Um, and until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.